Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking to place a bet on any of the sports going on, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casinos as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to my podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Felina Edmonds, and today on the pod, we have a special guest. She is the U.S. silver medalist for this past Nationals 2021, Amber Glenn. Thanks, Amber, for coming on today. Thank you. That's still so bizarre to hear. My gosh. (laughs) Yeah, I want to personally congratulate you on your skates at Nationals this year. You did an amazing job, so good job. (laughs) Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we competed against each other a little bit when we were younger. Um, I know your coaches back then were Ann Lewis and Ben Schrotes, right? So you skated from a young age with them in Dallas, correct? Correct. Yeah, I've always been in Dallas. Yeah, cool. So how was that? When did you start skating? And how was your childhood with skating coming up in the ranks? Yeah, so I started skating around the age of like five or six um, as a thing to do with my sister and my three cousins, just at a mall rink, kind of just for fun. And it just blossomed from there, really. And uh, luckily, we have a big skating community in Dallas, which is pretty shocking. And it's very competitive, and it has been for many years down here with a lot of Team USA skaters. So I was lucky to start off in a very elite environment. Yeah, that's really awesome. And now you're working with the Canes, right, in Dallas. A lot of great skaters. It seems that you get to skate with every day, so that must be super motivating for your practices. When did you decide to change coaches, and what was the reason, if any? So this was about in 2015-16. I didn't compete at nationals that year just due to some mental health struggles I was having. I was off the ice from about October through about February. I was just really not in love with the sport anymore. And uh, I had to take a step back. And I knew if I were to come back to the sport that I needed to make some major changes. And one of those was switching coaches. Interesting. Yeah. And so how have you liked working with uh, the team with the Canes since then? Yeah, I mean, it's been a great journey. It was so strange because it started off with, you know, Ashley Kane, well, Ashley Kane Gribble now, and I competing against each other, (laughs) which you can see how that can be kind of a weird dynamic, but we made it work because I was competing against my coach's daughter, uh, but they still had my best interest at heart. Obviously, Ashley is now in pairs and, you know, they were national champions, like they're incredible. And I love Timothy. He's one of my closest friends. And of course, it was Ashley. She's like a sister to me. I actually call Ashley and Timothy my skating parents. (laughs) So it's just been great. And there's just this really good motivating community uh, at our rank from all the way down from the, you know, open free skates level 
through senior. So it's been a great experience our last five years. That's really awesome. Do you guys hang out with each other outside of the rink too, or is it mostly just you see each other at the rink and that's your, that's your skating family? Yeah. I mean, we definitely do hang out when we have the time, but a lot of the times, you know, we see each other all day, every day, well, six days a week. I live about almost an hour away from the rink, which is where they live. So if we do meet up, it's usually just uh, every once in a while, but we really do enjoy our time together at the rink when training. Cool. Well, what age did you learn your triple-triple combo? Because you definitely have amazing jumps, and I think you've had them for a while now, right? Definitely. I. It's hard to say. I remember at 12 years old, trying to get my double axle triple toe and that being a huge hurdle for me is just getting that snap and rotation on a triple on the second half of a combo. I would say I got it down really well between the ages of like 13 and 14 is when I started landing them in competition, but uh, I lost it around 15, 16, and had to re-get it back around 16, 17. So it's been a bumpy ride, but I've been doing it for quite a long time. Okay, guys, really quick, I want to tell you about this awesome company I'm partnering with, Viome. You can find out what foods and supplements are right for your body with their health intelligence test. It looks at your gut microbiome health, your cellular health, immune system health, and more. I'm super excited. I just received my testing kit. It's super simple, and I can't wait to get my results back. Seriously encouraging you all to try out Viome. It's so cool, and it gives you personalized information and resources for your individual health. Order your test on www.viome.com and use code POLINA at checkout. That's P-O-L-I-N-A. I can't wait for you guys to get your results. Why did you lose the jump? Was it because of Uh, like growth changes? Was it uh, more of a mental thing? Like talk about that process. Definitely all the above. Um, There was, you know, growth. I grew taller. I also went through puberty, which for females can be very hard. So just readjusting to my new body, that was definitely a struggle. And along with that came some mental struggles and some uh, confidence issues that definitely prevented me from being able to do it sooner than expected. Yeah. Well, now you've added a new element this season, right? The triple axle, and it is amazing, but it's, it's really, really cool to see somebody like you doing it because of what you just said, right? So you had a little bit of a setback with the triple, triple combination, you know, growth changes. You were going through puberty, which is hard for pretty much all female athletes. Um, I feel like it's really rare for any girl to go through that puberty cycle and just have an easy go of it when it comes to skating um, in particular. And yeah, to see you progress and get a new jump as a woman, right, in your fully developed body now, that is really inspiring, I think, for the younger generation. So yeah, when did you start learning or wanting to learn it? And how long did it take you to get it? Yeah, so I mean, of course, as soon as you get done learning all your triples, triple triples, your mind's like, oh, triple axle, like that's the next step, right? But in 20, that was probably 2015, 2014, and no one was really doing it. Like we had Mawasada, you know, and that was just incredible. And she had been doing it since she was 13, 14, but it wasn't really something of a necessity. 
to have. Like you could just have your triple triples and skate good programs and be top in the world. So it was kind of something that was like, oh, maybe one day. Oh, maybe one day. I'll, I'll work on it in the harness every couple months. And it was like that for years. And then I struggled with, you know, my mental health for a while and then getting triple triples back consistent. And that was my, you know, main priority for a while. Then, you know, 2019 started happening and these girls with quads started coming in, like not just from Russia, but from Japan and Korea. And, you know, then we had Alyssa in the U.S. like doing quads and triple axle and it just became more and more common. I was like, whoa, this is like, this is going to be the new norm. Like give it a couple of years and it's going to be normal, man. And for a while it was discouraging, you know, being at the age I am. And then the pandemic happened and uh, I kind of took a step back. It's like, if I want to keep going, I need to step it up. And I was, I made a decision. Okay. I want to actually accomplish these goals, which were place at nationals the next year and get a triple axle. And uh, about two months after quarantine or a month and a half is when I got my actual axle. That's so crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. I remember seeing the videos on, I think it was on Instagram, probably Twitter too, but of you landing, you know, your first axles in practice. And it was just so cool to see because during the pandemic, especially the first two months of quarantine and everything, everyone was just like floored. What do we do? How do you, how are you a skater without the ice? You know? And so it, it was definitely um, mm-hmm. amazing to see a senior athlete like yourself put in the work, even, you know, without the ice, clearly you were training off ice, trying to stay on top of everything before coming back. And, um, it's really good champion mentality. So really cool to see, but yeah, because of the pandemic, there weren't any competitions other than skate America, of course, to practice competing and nerves and everything before nationals. So how did you prepare for nationals without that in that regard? So we had, uh, the ISP points challenge, which was something that uh, was very strange. I was grateful for the opportunity, but uh, unfortunately I got into a bad accident off the ice, which resulted in a facial fracture and a severe concussion. It happened about uh, mid-September. So I had the ISP challenge and I had Skate America technically to compete at, but I was definitely not at a hundred percent. Unfortunately at Skate America, I didn't get to attempt the triple axle. We had to take it out because I was still, you know, not back to normal. So before nationals, we made the decision, okay, like I want, I made the decision. I want to try this before my Olympic season. I don't want my Olympic season to be the first time me trying it in competition. So unfortunately, that ended up having to be nationals, (laughs) trying a new jump first time at nationals. So we definitely did a lot of simulations and I did a lot of uh, drills, just pressure drills and, you know, consistency drills just to really get my plane triples and triple triples consistent. So I didn't have to worry about those as much when I got to nationals. Yeah. So did you do a lot of like mock competition type things with the six minute warm up? Just go and do it. Um, did you try to invite maybe friends or, you know, parents or whatever to come watch your practices to kind of mimic the adrenaline boost? Yeah, definitely. I did some of those and I would have, you know, uh, some of the kids at the rank would come out and watch and clap if I did it. And uh, that was kind of something that I really tried to 
simulate. And it's so weird how similar to nationals it was because there wasn't a crowd at nationals anyways. So it wasn't anything, you know, it felt like almost like practice uh, just with more cameras and some, uh, you know, judges. But uh, the biggest thing was just making sure that, especially in the free skate, my plane triples and my triple triples, especially the flip toe for my short, um, felt easy and consistent. Therefore, I could just focus on rotating the axle. Yeah, definitely. I think, especially with jumps that you're, you've are you been doing for years, um, it has to be that you come in and it's no question, right? It's That's a lot harder than said, obviously, because with, yeah. with adrenaline, yeah. with pressure, with stress, um, you know, our bodies feel completely different than they do in practice. But it's, it's really good to hear that you have been working on um, getting that feeling consistent because getting comfortable with that is the key to competing, right? Um, but walk us through your mindset at nationals for both the short and the long. So you were the only one besides Brady to skate a clean long after skating a good short. How'd you do it? It was so bizarre. Going into the short was the most nervous I think I've ever been. Just, you know, I had media coming around axle it's the axle you're trying the axle all that and in my mind I was just thinking I just want to rotate I just want to commit so I can get the first attempt out of the way you know I wanted to land it perfect of course who wouldn't want to but again first time trying a new element in competition in like almost a decade my, you know, expectations weren't the highest, but I just wanted to rotate. So going into it, I was really nervous, but I, uh, so I didn't, you know, go too all out for the axle. I definitely could have, you know, skated a bit faster, but of course I was extremely nervous. So I got through the axle. It wasn't my best attempt, but I definitely tried to save the rest, um, to try and keep as high up in the standings as I could. Uh, so I got through the short in just a weight came off my shoulders. I felt totally different. You know, the day of the short, I was extremely nervous. And my coach said to me, you're not acting like the confident person that you are in practice. You're not being yourself. And as soon as I heard him say that, when I got off, I started listening to like my like pump up music, getting into my normal attitude, which is like, I make jokes when warming up. I have fun. Like I enjoy skating. I don't take it too seriously. And that just totally changed my outlook on everything. And going into the free skate, I felt more relaxed and like I could breathe and just like I knew what I was doing. That's awesome. That's an awesome example of pretending like you are in practice and not letting the butterflies rise because that's that's something I definitely learned I want to say the year after I went to the Olympics um, when I was going through growth changes I was all of a sudden extremely nervous stressed out before competing and I had in my head you know I practice well I skate a lot of clean programs in practice I'm gonna be fine but at the same time I had so many butterflies rising and I, I didn't squash them down and I learned immediately that that was not good, not good for me, not good for most people. Um, And so my mindset a lot of the time going into competitions was pretend like you're in practice. Don't let the hype get to you. Don't let um, the lights and the crowd get to you. You know, you have your six minute warm up, you practice six minute warm ups at home. 
keep everything the same. Um, so cool right. to hear you have that mentality and deliver. Um, really cool. And also, how is how is the hype? I want to ask. You know, because you said you had some media, um, you know, following the triple axel and the attempts before the short. How did you feel? First of all, getting that recognition before you even did it, but also was it good? Was it bad? Did it give you more pressure, more stress? So it's definitely hard to say. In practice, it made me feel better because I had done it, you know, on film. In this, I did it on the six minute warm up. Uh, so I felt like I did prove to people, hey, like I'm not just posting things on Instagram. Like I, I can do it, I promise. <laughs> You know, it's unfortunate that I didn't nail it in the competition, but, you know, luckily I was able to recover and do everything else. And it was still turned out to be a great nationals for me. But there was a lot of that media at Skin America as well. And unfortunately there, I didn't get to attempt it since I was still recovering from my facial fracture and my concussion. So a lot of it honestly hit me there in October when I wasn't even attempting it in competition. So there was a little bit of it kind of came off my shoulders after that, uh, then going into nationals, but it felt pretty good actually. Like I felt like, you know, this was something that made me stand out that like I had something that was different and, uh, it gave me a bit more confidence. It's, it's actually really interesting, um, from the past podcasts that I've done with other skaters, um, champions from like the nineties and the eighties and stuff. Brian Moitano, Chris Yamaguchi, they all were saying that before their biggest events, they and their coaches had a plan, no media. Like Brian's coach, like before uh, his Olympic gold, told all the reporters, you know, you have these dates to come and talk to Brian because, you know, four weeks before or whatever, he won't be talking to anyone. And same like Christy, after she won the Olympics she went to worlds two months later and she completely put everything off and was like, I have a job to do. I'm going to go do it. And then I can, you know, have fun um, and talk to the press. And it's, it's really interesting to see how they approach the media and the hype uh, compared to, I feel like now with skating, there's just so much buzz uh, a lot of the time before skaters even skate. And in a lot of ways it is cool because it does build your confidence like oh people are you know thinking about me or whatever but at the same time I think it does put a really intense pressure on your shoulders as well um and so yeah I, I really wonder how it'll continue to go and um you know for you I, I definitely think that staying in your lane of you know trusting your practice trusting you know knowing that you gotta lay down on the table um I think I think it'll be good I think you're gonna do great <laughs> Thank you. Really hope so. Because from what you've said, I'm very similar with, I've been told multiple times at competitions, you were the champion of that practice. But when you went out there, you weren't the same person. That was the story of my life. And uh, it's something that I'm trying to overcome. And nationals was definitely a big step in that direction for me. It's, it's really good to find that fine line of, you know, the way you're supposed to feel when you compete, the way you're supposed to feel in training. And yeah, to hear that you're um, really getting in tune with that is key to consistency and um, focus out there. So that's good. And obviously you had a great nationals, uh, but you weren't selected for the world team. 
this isn't quite the same, but I remember winning junior nationals and not being selected for junior worlds. Uh, and I was super, super upset. But then I went home and I got right to work, got new programs, competed, competed, competed all that next season to get my name out there to prove, you know, myself. And then I made the Olympic team that next year. So how do you feel about the world selection and what is kind of your approach moving forward? I've gotten that question so many times and it's just so odd to answer because there's still that loomingness of if worlds is even going to happen. Of course, if everything goes as planned and it does happen, I want Karen and uh, Brady to go and skate the absolute best they can and get those slots. And I do think that U.S. figure skating made a good decision sending them. It is unfortunate that I don't get to go to Worlds, but I understand the choice since I don't have nearly as much experience as those two do. But all I can say is I hope for the best because that benefits all of us next season. You know, unfortunately, being the first alternate, I am still going to be very focused on uh, training still just in case. Um, And there are virtual competitions that I'm going to be doing. So um, I'm going to be keeping in relatively good, you know, competitive shape for a little while. Hopefully everything goes as planned, rolls happens, then I can really focus on getting a new program for my short next year. Yeah, definitely. Are you going to keep the same long for next year? Yeah, we're definitely going to build a lot on it. This year, everyone just kind of saw the bare bones of it. And now we're going to add a lot more flair. But I am searching for a new short program. So Cool. Well, you're, you're a very beautiful skater. You put a lot of emotion into your performances. So I'm really excited to watch you next season match that with the consistency and the focus that you've been showing um, at this past Nationals. And I think your outlook on it is a good one. You know, end of the day, we're looking for three spots for the Olympics, right? That's, that's the biggest thing. Um, But regardless of how many spots there are, I think you have a really great chance for next season, really cheering for you to do well and hopefully make the team. And I think the best thing that you can do is when next season rolls around, compete, 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 you know, practice that triple axel as many times as possible in competition and really get your name out there that exposure so that the judges know who you are when you walk into nationals they already know who you are but when you walk into the olympics right when you walk into the next worlds they know who amber glenn is um so that's kind of the most important thing definitely and i really hope i get the opportunity to but of course everyone's health and safety comes first which everyone has heard a million times but it's still very true because it is just skating but we do need to make sure that no one gets sick or hurt or anything because of my, me wanting to compete more. So of course the opportunity would be wonderful. And that's what I really want to do, especially if it was a normal season. But again, everything's just so up in the air. It's so strange. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, these sports, they are our lives, but at the same time, they're not everything in our life, you know, and at the end of the day, the most important thing that you want is good health good mental well-being you know those are the two that are gonna explode into every other bubble of your life and um hopefully with skating with the rest of everything going on in the world things start to go back to normal um it's so so up in the air we have no idea what's gonna happen but step by step yeah well thanks so much for talking to me right now good luck next season can't wait to watch you
Thank you so much. It's great talking to you. We really miss you in the skating community. Like, it, you know, it's it's not the same. And I miss having like you and all the people around that are a little bit older than me. It's strange being one of the older kids now. <laughs> oh, I know. So weird. I always felt like I was so little with, you know, the teams I was getting sent out with. And now I watch and I'm like... <sighs> I'm that person now. It's crazy. I'm starting to get there. And it's so strange. I'm like, oh, <laughs> what is happening? Oh, it's, it's good though. It's, it's always fun to kind of be in that role model position for the younger skaters and um, feels good, you know, to get recognition always, but yeah, thanks. I've, I've definitely had a really good time running this podcast and getting to kind of slip back into the skating world. And I hope you know, with this and any other way I can, I'm going to start trying to be more involved and being back in the skating community more. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. Please let me know what you think. Subscribe to my channel. Give me a rating. Give me a review. Follow me on my Instagram. That's where I'm promoting this. My username is at Paulina Edmonds and stay tuned for my upcoming episodes. Keep an eye out for them and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.